Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Savvy Business, Life Unscripted, with your host, Christina Rivera, where our guests share their wisdom and valuable business tips, empowering our audience to expand their personal potential. Hi, Hillman Tori. I thank you for coming to Savvy Broadcasting Life Unscripted today. I'm so grateful to have you here today, this wonderful Saturday, to talk to our savvy business owners on why the old sales methodologies are no longer working and what can they do better? We talked a little bit just before we hit the go button about that naughty four letter word sale or sale, <laughs> five letter word. Uh, you know, it really, uh, when you're a new business owner, you've got the expertise, that pain point you're helping the world with, but you, you know, a lot of small business owners are like, I just want to do that. I want to do my genius and leave the sales, but you really can't yeah. do that. It's an important, <laughs> integral part of growing your business, but you're going to help them get over that fear of sales. But before we go there, share a little bit about your backstory. Yeah, sure. My background. First off, thank you so much, Christina, sure. for having me here. I'm really excited to share what I can with your audience. And um, I, I've been impressed with the work that you've done this so far and the experts that you bring to the table. So I appreciate being in great company. Uh, my background, I have been a an entrepreneur for many years. I've been in this world of sales training and scale. And I'm here in Silicon Valley, but I work all around the world in helping both business owners, startup founders, and even much larger organizations to scale their company and understanding what that means every step of the way. I've written eight mm -hmm. books on sales and sales management, a number of which are top sellers on Amazon. You can find those by you know looking for my name on Amazon. I'm sure we'll drop that in the show notes. And recently we started Scale Academy. And I'll tell you, Scale Academy is this great opportunity that we realized we've got in that we clearly understood and have proven out how to grow about growing companies that are venture funded, that are private equity funded, that have these hockey stick growth trajectories that are expected out of Silicon Valley and that are in these really hyper competitive spaces. We figured out 
ways in which we can take those companies and be successful. And then what I started to think, and you know, if I can just share here a little personal story, I grew up in a yeah. family where I, I've come from a family of entrepreneurs and I've been an entrepreneur since I was about 10 years old. First thing I did was I started a company called Kidco, all jobs from A to Z. And I had my, I was an agency for all my friends as I got older. And as we grew older, we had some folks who were babysitting, some folks who were cutting lawns, some folks, folks who were shoveling snow. I grew up in Chicago. And, um, you know, I've, I've been doing that since the beginning and I've always been on the sales side. And my father was a business owner as well. And I remember after I finished my first book, which is called The Sales Enablement Playbook, he read it and he said, you know, gosh, I really wish I had had something like this when I was running my businesses. He's since retired, right? And I started to think, gosh, you know, folks who are in that you know, space of 150K or above where like their business is a little bit of their job right now, as opposed to really having that escape velocity for scale mm. and growth. A lot of people don't really know how to go about growing their business and how to do that scary thing called sales while not selling their soul and to be able to still do what they do and bring that to their audience and to their customer base and to their clients. So Scale Academy is really where we've pivoted on all of that knowledge that we have for big companies and distilled it down into what we can do to help entrepreneurs, founders, small business owners to scale their business like the big folks do out in Silicon Valley. You know, I love that, Hillman. Now, what is it? Is it the idea or mindset around sales that kind of prevents people from exploding past, say, you get to that three-figure salary? I hear from so many of my friends that own businesses that they almost feel like they're working for their business as yeah. an employee instead of, like you said, having that escape velocity where you can make the business work for you. Exactly. Is it the mindset around we have, you know, twisted around what sales is that stops uh, business owners from growing? I think that there are, I, I love the question. I think that there are a couple answers to that. The two that I'm most familiar with, one harkens back to the book, The E-Myth. Do you remember the book, The E-Myth? It was written and basically one of the theses in The E-Myth is that entrepreneurs tend to work in their business instead of on their business, right? Mm -hmm. And that paralyzes us for scale because it becomes that I'm going to get in here, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna serve, I'm gonna fulfill. And we're not really thinking, well, how do we do this at scale? How do we create increase the bandwidth, whether that's through systems, whether that's through staff, whether that's through strategy, whether that's through a deeper skill set? And those four things are really what we work on in the Scale Academy, which is strategy, system, staff, and skills. Now, to answer your question relative to sales, I talk to audiences all over the world, and I've been doing this for, for many, many years. And one of the first questions I'll ask is I'll say, let's play word association. I say sales, what do you say? Here's what I get back. I get Oh, sleazy, conniving, manipulative, con man, used car. Like no one ever yeah. says, oh, the salesperson, that's the, the person. Sir. Yeah, that's the person with deep subject matter expertise who's going to resolve an issue for me in a finite amount of time at a cost that's relatively exponentially less than the outcome. Nobody says that, right? Mm -hmm. So we have this stigma when we think of sales and nobody wants to be a salesperson, but everybody wants revenue, right? So how well, do you- you know what? You know what's funny, Hillman? I started to notice years ago in corporate America, they changed the name of sales. Oh yeah. Manager, account manager or something. There's like account that. managers, there are account executives, there's business development people, there's development reps, there's all sorts of- And I was like, what is, what, 
at first I'm like reading the description of these jobs going, oh, wait a second, isn't that a salesperson? That's a salesperson. <laughs> you got that right. You're absolutely right. And the thing is, you know, I think what, well, the other thing that happened as soon as they changed the names is they started to have to add a zero to the salary, right? Because it's no longer a salesperson. I have a, you know, I have a graduate degree and I'm coming to this organization and I've worked these other places. And so I am actually a strategic account executive, right? No, you're a salesperson. But, you know, whatever, whatever gets them in the door, as they say. But one of the biggest challenges, I think, is that people really, people really shift who they are and lose a certain level of authenticity when they become a salesperson. And this is, if you think of folks who are in service-based businesses, people who might be accountants or lawyers or consultants or marketing agencies, things like this, and they deliver what they deliver based upon a certain level of credibility and having to establish a trusted advisor relationship with their client. That's how they are impactful. And for them to sink down, you know, figuratively, to the level of having to go out and be like, so, hey, Christina, you know, I'd really like to see if I could help you grow your business. And it just seems like, oh, I've just been slimed. So a lot of what we do is we teach people how to maintain their authenticity, how to actually increase their ability to become trusted advisors with folks that they may not have had a relationship with or may not have had the opportunity to actually do business with yet and still uncover whether or not there's a problem we can solve. And if you, instead of thinking about sales as being how I get somebody to buy something or how I go pitching features and benefits, which is the old way, right? If instead it's positioned as how do I go out as though I'm wearing a lab coat and a stethoscope and diagnose whether or not someone I'm talking to has problems that I'm accustomed to solving. Because you don't think of your doctor as a salesperson, right? But the doctor makes plenty of money diagnosing pain and treating problems. They're not out saying, hey, Christina, I've got this new drug that can do this and it's swifter, it's faster, it'll make you stronger, it'll make you last longer, your memory will be better. They don't tell you all the features. They They don't tell you all the features. They say, hey, as you get older, are you struggling with the fact that in the morning you get up and you're feeling a little tired? Are you a little exhausted at the end of the day? Are you finding that your bones are achy? This is the same thing that we talk about relative to how you get small business owners to discuss their business in a way where they're not selling their soul. They're still feeling authentic, but they still have an opportunity to identify whether or not the person they're talking to has a problem that they can solve. Well, you know, I I love that you went here, Hillman, because... Uh, there was a gal that I was really impressed by when I first started my consulting business, and she did uh, collections. But, oh my gosh, if you thought sales was yucky, imagine the idea and the word collections. Ah! The worst people in the world. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes, exactly. But she did this in, in the corporate world, and she moved off to start her own agency. And she said, you know, I had no clients. So she went to the Chamber of Cli- uh, Commerce, met some small business owners, and said, hey, uh, listen, I know that everyone has... Um, uncollected debt that you've kind of just written off, you can't collect, you haven't been able to collect it, just give it to me, nothing to lose. I won't charge you a dime. If I do get this money, uh, I'll ask that you give me 10%. How does that sound? Beautiful deal. And they were like, here, you know, absolutely over six months old, they haven't been able to get them to call them back, pay anything. They've already written it off. Boom. Well, yeah. in this case, that's how she started her. But those were her first couple of clients. She she Brilliant. was able to get money for them and boom. So, you know, you think you have to be icky. She just saw their problem and said, hey, no, there's no, uh, what do you call it? Loss on your end. You've already written this off. Just let me give it a try for you. That's exactly it. Yeah. There is, you know, there's a lens through which we look at this when we're actually, when we begin to work with business owners, one of the first things that we talk about to shift the mindset so that people get 
comfortable talking about their business. One piece is how you talk about your business. And you mentioned the feature benefit bombardment. And I think everybody at this point, everybody probably at this point knows that's not the way to go, right? What a lot of people don't know is how to take those features and benefits and turn them into discovery questions, pain questions, things like that. And I'll tell you a real, a real simple way to do that, that your audience could take away. If let's say, let's say I've got um, a pen, right? And let's say that that pen actually eliminates my ability to misspell a word as I'm writing, right? So the feature Where do I is get a, that pen, <laughs> right? Exactly. So the feature is a pen that enable that enables you to that that, that uh, automatically uh, spell spell checks and spell corrects, right? The benefit is you never have to look dumb in writing a letter again. You never have to like scribble it out or whatever it might be. You always look like you're hyper intelligent. Well, that's great. I could go out and I could say, hey, you know, I've got this great pen that does this thing. And there are some people like you who would immediately go, I get it, I want it, right? But I'm still out there kind of selling my wares. The lab coat and stethoscope approach would be for me to think, what problem would someone have to have today to care about a pen that spell checks, right? And so you start thinking that through and it's like, well, maybe I'm someone who does a lot of handwriting and writes a lot of letters and I want to save time and not have to scratch things out because I found that sometimes I get midway through a lengthy letter and then I've got the scratch on it and it ruins the whole thing for me. Or maybe I'm consistently writing in front of people and I don't want to be embarrassed, right? So what we do instead of the feature benefit of being swifter, faster, stronger, lighter and feeling like a salesperson is I say, hey, Christina, I don't know if this would be relevant to you, but I've just developed this new pen. And you know what? I'm working with people who really like to handwrite. Some of these folks, are they like to journal. Some folks are actually writing in front of a room consistently. And every now and then they find that they get a little embarrassed because spelling is not their thing. And having to cross out just ruins the calligraphy or it ruins the impression or they just feel shame when they're in front of a room. None of this is happening to you, though, is it, Christina? That's an entirely different approach. Yeah. to taking that same pen with its same value and its same features yeah. and being able to go out and actually showcase this to folks in a way that's solving a problem as opposed to having to have, having to have someone validate that what you have is this golden nugget. So we work with people around how do you take your messages and turn these into pain questions and discovery questions. What was great about what you just said there is it might not work for me. I might be the best speller in the universe, but now you've qualified, okay, you're not a good fit. And exactly. you didn't make me feel like, oh, you're trying to push a thing on me. Absolutely. I mean, but I hear what you're saying and I'm like, oh, I don't. But Timmy here, oh, he's always talking about how he has problems well, with that. Let me you talk know what's interesting? Over here. Yeah. You know what's interesting about what you just said? And this is so key for folks like your audience where they are delivering and they have customers and they have a customer base and they have folks that love them. Yeah, One of the yeah. best ways to increase your sales is to get referrals. Well, how do you get referrals? You don't just go, hey, you know anybody else that needs to spend that, a pen that spell checks? Nobody knows the answer to that question. No one's sitting around at dinner table, dinner parties going, anybody know anyone that has a pen that spelled? <laughs> you know what I mean? Instead, though, you say exactly what you just said. You, you say it in this format of diagnosing, and then whoever Christina ever runs across, you see someone journaling, and you're like, do you journal a lot? I see you've got some crossouts there. Would you be interested in? And now you understand, and you're, equipping, you're equipping your audience to understand how to talk about your business, which then helps you to generate referrals, which isn't sales but it helps you grow your business, right? Oh my God, like hugely. What Most of what we got as far as advertising and sponsors and people coming to our live events were actually people who came on and people who told other people. It is like the word of mouth is like one of the best ways to grow your business. I can imagine. Yeah, and it's 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 solid. You're already introduced as somebody who's respected and somebody who comes vetted and the conversation becomes much easier when someone has greased the skids for you. Absolutely. 
Well, how does someone listening in say you're a dentist or a lawyer? How? Well, those are pretty easy. You know, you got teeth or whatever. Yeah. Uh, you might have. Not everyone has law problems. You hope. But right. Where, yeah. where does a, p a person begin to realize? How do I begin to? figure out what the pain points that I might solve for my particular clients. You know, the easiest way to do that, this is this is what I always suggest, go talk to your existing customers. Go talk to your clients and say, hey, I'm just curious, I'm trying to develop some messages. Some of these messages might be used in marketing. Some of them might be used in my conversations with new prospects. Help me understand what are the problems I've solved for you? How would you put them into your words? Because we can sit here and pontificate over it forever. But you know what? The language you're going to want to use is the language that comes from the people who are your raving fans. The ones who say, Christina, let me tell you something. When I first started working with you, I was a little skeptical. And then that thing that you did was so awesome and it impacted me this way. And before then, I didn't know this. And now I know that. And this is the impact it's had on my business. You take that verbatim. And you reflect it as social proof or a third-party story. You go, hey, I don't know if this is right for you, Hillman, but one of my clients, Christina, what she told me was, and it's gold. And again, though, you have to realize you're not trying to serve all masters. You're not here for everybody. You want more customers like the people who are your raving fans. So narrow that messaging mm -hmm. down to what those people love about you, yeah. and you'll get more people just like them. Yeah, and, and I'd like to ask you one thing else. I've gotten a lot of people who said, hey, we want to do some advertising and we want to hit this market and sell them our new package at $20,000 or $2,000. Sure. And I'll say to them, hey, uh, but you're coming to my audience. You, you know, you've not met maybe a good portion of these people. Have you ever gone on a first date and said, hey, can we get married right after this date? <laughs> and, and I kind of feel that's what people are thinking when they go out there to do yeah. marketing. They're thinking, yeah. I want to sell this $20,000 package. What's going to be my... ROI and I want to yeah. get that done in one marketing um, purge or one marketing push. And I think that's the kind of uh, not the best way to think about it because, you know, it's kind of like for me, that's how it feels to me that you're asking for someone to marry you right off the bat. They haven't gotten to. It's, it's yeah. so self-centered. Yeah, I yeah, mean, exactly. sure, you, you, you want $100,000 in revenue this month, which means you're going to go out and you're going to push five $20,000 packages even though the audience you're talking to has never met you before. It, it, it just doesn't pencil. So one of the things that we do when we're working with folks is we help people build the offer. And a lot of what that offer entails is also the value ladder. And the value ladder is what is the engagement that someone's having with you that helps to build that trust so that at a certain point that $20,000 offer does make sense. The first piece might be you're offering, and I'm thinking of a service business here, right? You're offering something, and, and okay, so let's do this two ways. Let's say you are a, a dentist or a lawyer. It could be a diagnostic piece where you're saying, come in for a strategy conversation, come in for a free um, x-rays, whatever it might be, something along those lines, right? Mm -hmm. And then there's a next piece where based upon that, I've now established some trust, I've offered you some value, which is exponentially more than what you've paid or the time that you've committed. And based upon that, I can take you to the next level, which might be a cleaning as a dentist, or it might be an evaluation of your estate planning. Let's say I'm an estate planning lawyer, right? Yeah, an evaluation yeah. of your, your, your finances and estate planning, whatever. And then you tear people into that point. I will tell you this, Christina, when people tell me I have a long sales cycle or I have a long process from initial conversation to closing the business, nine times out of 10, it's because they have too few steps. They want to go from first date to getting married, to use your analogy. And what we do is we say, let's go from first date to dinner to a vacation together to meet the parents to now you're married. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. It collapses the time frame. 
What people don't understand is just because there are multiple touches does not mean that now you're taking this thing that you want to close in in 60 days to two years. No, you're just creating more touches, which creates more trust, which creates more certainty, which creates more value, which creates more sales. So that's one piece. If anyone is experiencing that where it's like, gosh, I'm getting people to opt into this one thing, but they're not closing. Try inserting another step that's going to create more conviction, more opportunity to engage with you, more validation, and you'll see that close rate go up. Because what we want is we want super happy clients that don't feel that, oh, I made a mistake putting down Totally. You don't want that at the end of the day that, oh, I just gave them $2,000, $20,000. What did I do? You don't worst want thing ever. Yeah, worst thing ever. And so what I thought, I, I had this coach I now work with that for years I'd been following. He had free content on YouTube. Yes. And I bought some of his videos or whatever. And then last year. A course year, or something, right? Exactly. And then last year I went in for the several thousands of dollar um, work together thingy. Um, but that's because now he had built that trust and I yes. felt totally comfortable. Like this was worth putting down these thousands and thousands of dollars, but, that's you, the path. but that, that's really the path. But it's sometimes, sometimes it is a couple of years. I mean, sure. in that, you know, in this case, because I was buying other courses, he had built the trust where I was making purchases with him, but that big, huge purchase of maybe $50,000, that was maybe a couple of years, but you know, here's the, Here's the thing though, if I could just interject very quickly, one of the things that's critical to understand about that is that you've got a universe of opportunity, let's say it's 100 people. Mm -hmm. And of those 100 people, 75 are opting into your YouTube and that's just kind of free. Mm -hmm. Of those 75, let's say you've got an offer for a course, 50 are opting into your course at a certain price. Now that's value, that's still dollars, right? And this is happening consistently. Yeah. It's not like you just get one universe and you march them through and that's it. <laughs> this is happening on a weekly or daily basis, right? Of those 50, they may buy into the larger workshop or the, 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 the what do you call it sometimes? It's a, um, a challenge, right? Yeah. They may buy into the challenge, which is a cohort, which is a little bit bigger. Let's say maybe 20 do that. And then maybe five buy your big offer. But you have this pipeline working all the time. Yeah. So you're still producing revenue. And those 50 who didn't get all the way down the path, they may much later because they're still part of your universe and you keep serving them. Yeah. And the one thing that's critical here, the biggest piece here is you have to over deliver. Mm -hmm. Every offer has to be an absolute no brainer where I am providing you so much value, so much content, so much rich access, so much expertise that you're just like, yeah, this, this just makes much more sense than trying to go in on my own. Yeah. And if you can't do that, if you wouldn't buy your offer, then don't think that anybody else out there is going to either, right? That's a good point. That's a good Would you buy your own offer? Yeah. And, and, you know, with the case in point of my mentor, I always feel like I'm getting so much more than I thought I was getting. And, and that's, that's right. how you want to leave your, your customer. You want to leave them like, wow, that I got so much. I got way more than I expected. You want them yes. to come out raving. Because here's the thing. Not only will you keep them wanting to be your customer forever, they yes. will tell others. And that's what's happened. I've told others about my mentor. The people who've come to me have told others about our show. You're telling all your podcast audience right now, right? That's like, right. I mean, <laughs> here's, here's another interesting thing that I'll say. And I, I love and appreciate the fact that you, you have this coach and that you've gone through this process. Because here's the other thing. If you are not a business owner who hires coaches, but you are a coach, you are going to be less likely to be successful because you don't know the experience of your own customer. You cannot pretend to be, you know, creating this value ladder, et cetera, if you aren't doing the same for yourself. 
I always say, I mean, I've got coaches, I've got companies that I employ. I go through this process. I've got three different coaches in three different capacities right now for our business that are all doing the same thing that I just told you about and the same thing that I teach folks to do, which helps me to intimately understand where the value is derived from, what the experience is as a customer and client, what's good, what's not good, right? You can't just do this out of the ether. You actually have to practice what you preach. Yeah. Yeah. And people will feel that when you're just like, and I've heard oh, yeah. people say, like we just talked about, if you're not providing the value, I've heard one person say, I laid down $20,000 for this coach. I, I think I was bamboozled. And like we said, we don't ever want your customers to feel like they got a raw no. deal because then they're going to tell other people and that's just going to be the end of your business. Exactly right. Yeah. Exactly yeah. right. This has been awesome, Hillman. We could go on for <laughs> hours. I know we could, but I want everyone to find out how they can find out more about your businesses, closed loop, uh, uh, scale. What's it called again? Scale Academy. Yeah. Scale Academy. I, I want to lay down all of those wonderful uh, places where they can find out more about you. Okay, so you can connect with me on LinkedIn or on Facebook, actually. Um, there is a group on Facebook called The Scale Academy that you can find us there. Or you can go to closeloop.com, that's C-L-O-Z-E-L-O-O-P.com slash scale dash academy and you can take a look at what we're doing there um and i'm happy to connect with you on any of those places and share with you most of these groups you know in in the spirit of uh practicing what i preach we provide tons of free content tons of access to videos tons of access to what you can do to grow and then obviously we have some programs that work with folks to help get them where they want to go if they want to do it a little bit faster so i'm happy to hear from anybody that's great. Uh, we have closed loop already on the page. I will add uh, that other page for them to go to Scale Academy because uh, every business owner can scale on up. You don't have to be struggling today. Uh, Hillman and his crew are here to help you. Uh, scale doesn't have to be a scary, bad word anymore. It's a, it's no. a word of service. That's what it comes right down to. You are taking uh, your God-given gifts and talents and serving people with them. And what better way to do that than go out there and and learn to sell. So thank you so much, Hillman, for coming to Savvy Broadcasting today. Thanks for having me, Christina. It's been fun. Like, subscribe, and share this episode. To listen to more Savvy episodes and Savvy Biz Tips, go to www.lifeunscriptedradio.com. To find out about our paid sponsorship opportunities or how to become a guest, email Christina at lifeunscriptedradio.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.